This is season six of the Team Roping Journals podcast, The Score. With over two million downloads, this is where Team Ropers talk. Today's episode is brought to you by our longtime partners at Fastback Ropes. Fastback Ropes was created in 1995 with a single mission in mind to build the best rope on the market. That will always be Fastback's number one goal. You can order at fastbackropes.com and we're going to tell you more about it at the commercial break. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Score. I'm a couple days late on this episode. Maybe a couple more days than a couple days late, but thanks for hanging out with me anyway. I wanted to have an episode with Cesar de la Cruz ready for this one, so it took me a little bit to get off magazine deadline and get my stuff together to get a hold of him. But this episode is kind of unique because I'm releasing it just a few weeks before we release Mega Match 4. Mega Match 4 is going to be on Roping.com. It is a roping from 2010 that will paired Derek Begay and Cesar De La Cruz against Matt Sherwood and Corey Petska over 30 steers. Three different score lengths at Red Rock Park in Gallup, New Mexico. It was an awesome mega match. And without completely spoiling everything, and I think we spoil it plenty in the podcast itself, uh, it comes down to the very last steer, just like these mega matches almost always do. And it didn't go as anybody wanted it to on that last steer. And Caesar's reaction was kind of what I remember from 2010 Caesar De La Cruz. He was mad. And... You can kind of tell in the video. It happens pretty quickly, but you can tell how mad Caesar was. And so now, 13 years after that mega match happened, I wanted Caesar to explain what was going on, give you guys the setting, and then kind of own up to what his mental game was at the time and talk through how he's learned to change that mental game at this point. Um, of his career, of his of his parenthood, because he is a dad of rodeo of awesome, awesome rodeo kids who are winners too, and he's going through just um, you know, but going through the whole parenting game that we all do, uh, that many of us do with with teaching our kids how to be successful, and so he has learned so much about his mental game, and I brought him on this podcast to share that with you all, so. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this very unique episode of The Score. Caesar, we have done a lot of podcasting together lately. We're we're on a roll here. It's been awesome. You're you're like practiced at the podcasting game because you have your own podcast now. I kind of like it. It's, It's been kind of fun. Thank you for talking about the Tolis and Mac podcast. Yeah. But getting to getting to talk rodeo and stuff. I've been slowed down these last few years and just it's kinda kinda been cool to do a podcast. I've always wanted to do one. Yeah. What do you what podcasts do you listen to other than your own? Do you listen to like uh, Joe Rogan and all that stuff? I, I, I like Joe Rogan a lot. I kinda I, I kinda had in college, you know, I went to a couple USC fights and I started listening to joe rogan because i knew back then that he was he was a comedian and a fighter so i kind of followed him and then turns out he's a just he started this podcast and so i've always followed this joe rogan so i listened to the guy quite a bit but the cool thing about joe is he'll have uh some of his funny friends and, and they have a good time in the studio and then he'll have like a, a astrophysicist on there 
you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and you could go from different ranges and, and talk to different kind of people, which is really cool. And that's kind of what I've been getting to do and just talk to different people and different walks of life. Like I had you on the podcast and I didn't know your your history and, and it's, it's kind of cool. You're, you're extremely smart to be a, a, a rodeo. To be in rodeo? You're part of rodeo sales. <laughs> you know what I mean? Thanks. So you got you got all these cool degrees and stuff, but I did I did not know you were you, you had that those kind of accolades to your your uh, education. It's pretty neat. Were you gonna say so, like, you didn't know I was smart? Little things about people is really cool. <laughs> yes, it is. It certainly is. I love that about podcasting. It's I think we are in year five or six. We might be in year six at the score. We've been doing this a long time, and just to think about all the crazy conversations that I've had over the years is certainly. Certainly an adventure. And so one of the things that we talked about on Tulsa Matt podcast is like the history of the sport and how important all of it is and how passionate I am about the history of the sport. And that's why I made you come on my podcast. I forced you. I literally twisted your arm this time to make you talk about Mega Match 4, which you were in in 2010. Set up the scene. Tell for anybody Whoa. who is in the earlier generation or in the newer generation who has not seen all of these old tapes, let, give us the rundown. What was going on? Well, I'm I'm going to talk about something that I you know I don't really feel real comfortable talking about, and that's kind of the my sometimes the mental side of it. How I, I kind of would get a, a little bit angry looking back on it. Um, I shouldn't have lost my cool as much in that type of situation. That mega match. Like, uh, months before I lost my good heel horses, as far as like, they got sore and crippled. I had a good little mare, Annie Oakley. She got sore. Um, I had a good horse, Johnny Ringo. He gets sore. And I had another backup at the time. And and, like, I went through three horses in, in that winter coming up to that mega match. And so I asked Brandon Adams at the time, and he helped me out so much in my rodeo career with the horsepower. He, 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 if I needed a horse, he was always there to, to let me take a horse. You know, I didn't have to buy it. He was really cool about it. And, and so at that time I got a horse from him named Hannibal and he was a very, very good horse, especially the rodeo on. I really liked the horse to rodeo on, but he was a little full contact. I had a horse by the name of fire ant. I got from Randon that had 90 days of healing on him. And so when I show up to the mega match, I did not prepare myself for success. Like these steers that they show up are monsters. These things are very fresh. They're wild. And, and they had different scores, different t- types of situations. Um, the whole, you know, to, to give the whole rundown, like there was several misses. It was kind of tough throughout, throughout the mega match. It and it was to the point, the last year we were pretty close. It was, dang near heated even coming in the very last year and and this isn't a match with like joe schmo and joe schmo this was a match with matt sherwood and Corey petska so you and Derek begay were matching matt sherwood who was a recent world champ at the time and Corey petska who was Corey petska at the time right so and and like me and petska have battled it out because petska's been an arizona guy for several years he married uh, Sherry Servey, which lived right up the road from Coulter and I, and, and like I got to rope with Corey all the time, 
And like when we'd practice at the house, we'd break in steers and we'd rope so good to get like, like we'd hardly miss anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So this match, both of us kind of struggled in this match. So we we're both a little frustrated, you know, like we're like, I, I don't, I think, but Gabe rope the best that day. And, and, and I think he might've had a, a mis- just a few minor mistakes, but Sherwood had some mistakes. I made some mistakes. So everybody's kind of a little bit frustrated. Well, Sherwood goes out there and he has some heck and he doesn't do as good as he wants to. And so the worst situations for me, and I always coming up as a kid, I always had to remember like to, to, you know, when all you have to do is catch, just kind of do whatever you did to get there. And so I hated those situations. All I had to do is catch. I I loved it whenever I had the pressure to be four flat or whatever. I wrote better that way. The the pressures just catch would, would make a person me would make me hesitate and just take another swing and get me all fouled up. And then next thing I know, I'll, you know, if I rope the leg or missed when I hesitate, that is the worst thing mentally for me to do. I hated it. I got so mad at myself for doing it as second guessing yourself. People call it, you know, whatever, but I just, if, if I was to go out there and just do my job, focus, ride my horse to a position, take my first shot, I usually had a lot of success doing that. But when I didn't ride my horse, I relied on my rope. I took a bad shot. I hesitated. You know, I took a bad shot. <laughs> I usually I usually missed. And guess what? I get to the situation, the, 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 the last year of the match, and all we have to do is catch the last one. You needed to and be twenty nine point nine five. You had been four sixty three on the neck on the previous steer. Begay's on the paint. Begay's on the paint. We've been going at him a little bit because we had to battle back a little bit. Like, like I said, I've had a few mistakes, and we finally get back to where we need to. We're 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 we're, we're even with these guys, the best guys in the world, and and so Begay paint was pretty full contact at the time, and so. Begay, I'm I'm not sure the exact head catch he gets, but when he he doesn't get the best go, and it was when he most ropes, definitely he a neck. To go at yeah. it. It was... He tries to fluff the steer around the corner just a little bit, so he might have slid me just a little bit of rope, and like he did a good job just getting on the on the steer because of the the paint, the whole situation right there. Um, but it gets me in there just a little bit in bad shape, and I have to take another swing, and I hesitate. And in, in my mind, all I have to do is catch, okay? And so whenever I don't ride good position, I do miss. It's like, oh, my gosh. Like, what are you doing? And me and that frustration and the heel horse that, like, he didn't really just know me. I, I just barely got the horse, like, weeks before, maybe a week before. And so I pull my heel rope up, and he thinks for sure he's in trouble. So he's not really wanting just to really just cow down and just give me a really easy shot. So I fire down there again. And guess what? I don't catch again. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, all you have to do is catch. And the, my inner voice is like, come. Like, you don't yes. want to really know the, the language going on in my inner voice right now. It's like, come on, dude. All you have to do is catch the steer. Catch the steer. So when I jerk my rope up the third time, I catch the rope and I throw it down there. And I, I, I get a leg. And, like, I, I know I probably wouldn't have been just – I'm happy with it, but if I'd have cut it down there to the first loop and caught her leg, and it would have been over, that would have been okay. But I cut it so close, so close, yeah, that we just barely won, just barely. And yeah. I'm like, 
how do you have 29 seconds? You got the fastest header in the world. How do you miss twice? I just barely went. <laughs> Luckily, they give us three loops. Yep. That, or however many loops you needed that year. Yep. But like, it, I, I don't think Sherwood was very happy with his performance. And I know for a fact that Sherwood, or that I wasn't happy with my performance. I almost think we need to give the, the trophy to Begay because <laughs> them guys were up the best that day. That's... So that's what I told him. I, I was so frustrated, like, and that's kind of one thing that I, I just, I look back at my career and I didn't need to get as mad at myself or get as frustrated myself because, it, you know, like, it's just not good for the mind. I didn't understand, like, later on, even now, I, I, I listen to mental, uh, read mental books and I'm all, all listening to, 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 to all kinds of stuff on the mind now that I never did before. And it turns out when you tell yourself you suck for so long, after a while, you start believing it or you start telling, you you know, keep uh-huh. telling yourself you suck, keep telling yourself, well, like, eventually you're going to, you're going to suck, you know, you got to stay, you got to be more positive about it. And like, right there, I was so upset. And I, that's what I told Petska when I wrote bio. I says, you go, you, you, <laughs> you go up there because you healed best the day you win. And so I unsitched my horse and, and we were up at Clovis, Cal, uh, sorry, Clovis, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Clovis, New Mexico. The next day, we're out. I've had a circuit rodeo, so I load up and and I drive out of there, you know, and, and I left. And I mean, uh, driving the whole way, just being frustrated. Like I I got there, I took care of my horses, put everything up, found a plug in, and still I was sitting there just still just huffing, puffing, mad about the whole situation. And I don't know if you, if you kind of zoom in on the video, one of my good buddies, Begay. And he always had a real positive about it. it was hard to get that guy down. It really was, you know, like he, he had a really good attitude about life and, and he, he goes about life pretty good. And so if you, when I rope the leg, you, you'll probably see a little frustrated look on my face and he'll zoom in on Begay's face <laughs> and he is laughing and I'm not just laughing. Like he is belly laughing. I can just flat hear this guy laughing. He thought that was the funniest thing that he is like he thought that was hilarious he, he, he would have thought that i told him one of the funniest jokes in the world right there and so the ne- even the next day so when i leave i leave like begay laughing you know that's all mm-hmm. I, just like so so i get to clovis to the to the rodeo and and guess what begay he's first thing i see him i say what's up and he starts laughing again he thought that was the funniest thing like he thought that was like it just it, it it was one of those matches where I I I I I wanted to do better. I know I could have done better, and I didn't. And it was televised, and it's like, and it just like I said, one of the, one of the things that I really not proud of is being being frustrated. As, as I like I said, I used to get really frustrated because of the fact, like when I growing up, if if I didn't rope good, I there was only certain jackpots i could go to because we could afford me to go to a jackpot and mm-hmm. i had to win if i if i didn't win at that jackpot i didn't it was like another month it might be two I, before i could go to another jackpot before my parents can have enough money for me to go to another jackpot it wasn't like i got to just go every weekend when i was a kid mm-hmm. and it really bothered it really really bothered me when i when i missed like it's almost like uh like i said i wish i would have had more mental training back then because like it would I lived or died on the catch. Like if, if I caught my, I would feel so good and I was happy and I was good to be around. But if I missed, 
I was frustrated and I was angry and I was like, you know what I mean? Not good to be around. Like people would, you know, like you could talk to me and I just wouldn't have a good attitude. I'd just be, be upset. And like, that's no way to be. And, and nowadays I, I, when, when I see a little bit of frustration with some of the guys that I'm helping with the roping, I try to talk them down off the ledge a little bit. Like, like I, I feel like I, I want to be the guy that, that, that I needed back then to just talk me off the ledge a little bit like hey listen man you don't need to do this it's, uh-huh. you don't need to jump man come on man you don't need to do this it's just not the end of the world well like uh like it, it, when you get that frustrated at yourself like i think it it makes you hesitate in your rope and it makes you not want to take that shot you're scared to miss uh-huh. and and it's nowadays more than anything for the for the younger generation listen to this you cannot hesitate when you rope you have to take your shot now. Mm-hmm. You have to see your shot, take your shot. And every, when you get to that professional level, the, the collegiate level, it, it gets to that now. The the, the, the the younger generation are so fast, they rope so good, and, and they're fearless. And so that's that's kind of how, how you have to be now. I, like I watched basketball just a little bit, and I've watched what Steph Curry has done to the NBA. And it's 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 like that. It reminds me of, of of team roping a lot. How there there was there was some organization, there was some order, and there were some guys taking some shots, taking some risks back in the day. And mm-hmm. I was just like rodeo. There was like the speeds and rich. Those guys. There was uh, Clay Clay uh, and, and and Jake. That there was a one one guy taking all the risk. But nowadays you got like the Steph Curry and the LeBron James guys now that are like they're they can shoot it from anywhere they can take any shot it's like no no place on the court is safe with these guys you know what I mean mm-hmm. same thing in the rodeo transition to the rodeo any rodeo you go to if 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 you're one of the first guys to go and like the first performance you are not safe you are in trouble because the guys at the end are going to get you at, when you go at the beginning of the rodeos now it's usually not not favorable at all you want to go at the end because the guys at the end are, are going to go out they yeah. know what time they have to be and they're going to they know what the score is they talk to their buddies about it they know the cattle and they're going to they're going to run over top of you and so i i just like like i said my my mental aspect of it i i, I went at it just a little bit frustrated and uh sometimes when i didn't do good just because like like i said when i was a kid it was i i get so angry at myself for like you know not not performing or not doing good at the jackpot however there was if my partner didn't do good or whatever i was i was fine with that it was okay like as long as i did my job like mm-hmm. I, I, I was fine but if i my partner gave me a shot for the day money for money to go to the road next rodeo and i missed i i i i would get so 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 frustrated at myself because there was times when when I rodeoed in my rodeo career, I had I had a few good sponsors, but there was um, it's very expensive to rodeo, and there was times where I was going week to week, and I remember in and kind of in high school I kind of was on my own a lot. When I was turned eighteen and got out of high school, I started going by myself a lot more. There was times when I'd get to a jackpot, and I would just have enough money just have enough money to get to the jackpot i wasn't ever the guy to write a hot check i never was that guy i Mm -hmm. I would always have just enough money to get the jackpot but i didn't have enough money to get home 
Like, mm-hmm. if I didn't win at that rope, mm-hmm. like, if I didn't win something at the rope, I could not. Like, I had to borrow money to get home. And that, even borrow money, that still to this day, from 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 borrowing money from my buddies, you know, just to get home, just the embarrassment. I hate asking for money from sponsors. Like, I hate, like, if, if I felt like I, the sponsors that I had in my career, if they, if they felt like I, I, I mean, they would give me money, but I felt like if I earned it, they would give it to me. If I didn't earn it, they wouldn't give it to me. So, mm-hmm. but like, I just hated asking for money. Like it stands, well, I, I got a lot of childhood stuff that, <laughs> that, that, that my anger issues happened to come from. Yeah. But like, I, 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 I worked on it a lot because now I've been doing a lot of clinics. I've slowed down. Like I, I haven't bought my PRC card in two years. Um, I'm on my way to the junior high finals with my oldest boy Camilo here in a couple weeks and I'm just helping my boys out as much as possible and I'm realizing how much of a, a positive attitude helps out when, yeah. when you when you rope and you rodeo especially now like you got to take such chances now you can't just beat yourself up if you happen to make a mistake trying to trying to win something at the rodeo yeah, how did that so, – when did that realization come, though? Like, I'm trying to remember back, like, in your career. Did it not come until you slowed down and and were doing the yes. junior rodeo thing with the kids? Yes, because there was a time rodeoing, like, uh, like the recent, you know, when I slowed down. I, I've had several chances with, with some, some very talented headers. I had a good chance to make the finals with Paul David Tierney. Uh, a few years back, Lane Ivy and I had a good run there for a little while, and just I just didn't make it. And just the frustration that I would get because I didn't, you know, I, I would get so close, you know, within within a ten thousand, eight thousand dollars one time for making the finals. That's just one big rodeo, you know. That's just that's just one shot, you know. You, and then I'd look back on it, just get so frustrated. And he, even even my rodeo career, I wouldn't even didn't matter that I made the finals. Like I just would have, cannot believe that I, I would couldn't make the finals now, but I, it was my mental side of it. The way I was going about it was, was not, not right. Um, like, like I said, you cannot tell yourself you suck when you rope. And if you make a mistake nowadays, like you just can't because mm-hmm. you have to take so many chances, even jackpot, you have to figure out what you did wrong. You could be frustrated, and if you're frustrated, you need to get to the practice pin and get it all out, and just work work out the frustration. Work out, work out. You know, if you didn't score very good, or if you didn't you didn't put the bottom strand on the ground for a healer, like you put the bottom strand on every single steer that day, and make sure it's on the ground, or you go rope the dummy, or do something to get the frustration out. Do not mentally tell yourself you suck, because mm-hmm. that's not good. That's not good for your, for your roping, or even just. Just, just life. It's not good for for you to, you know. Uh, I think it was one of one of the old old quotes. I think it was Bruce Lee that talks about not not talking down on yourself because the, the inner warrior hears that and, and it, it knocks his confidence down. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're going going to battle with these guys and, and you're going against Caleb Driggers and Junior Nogueras. Those guys practice hard. They work hard. This is a business for them. They take it very 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 serious and that's not the only team that does it like that and so if you're going to go battle with those guys you better be mind body and soul in the right right frame of mind or else you're going to have you're going to struggle and like i to be honest with you i think i was very talented and i i was i had good horses and uh my i had unbelievable partners in my career that's why i was able to make the finals as many times i did 
because if if I was roping good, like I said, if I was roping good, it was uh, I, I I felt good. But if I was roping bad, like I was very negative and, and kind of like I said, hard to be around. I'm very thankful for my beautiful wife, Rena, for <laughs> living with me all these years, <laughs> right? And, and like, trying try, trying to trying to keep me level headed and stuff because it's it's like. Uh, she made me realize that there's more to life, especially we got these little, these boys. And now like they're, they're growing into men. My, my, my oldest boy, he should, he wears the same size pants as I do. Like he's where he has, he's, he's taller than me now. Like he's, he's turned into a man. And so I got to make sure that he has a good, good role model to, 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 to look up to, you know, that's, that's, that's my goal now. Like, uh, I was after a gold buckle to all these years, but, I had three of them at the house. I had, you know, I had my, I had four mm-hmm. of them, I had my wife my, and my three boys. I had, I had everything I needed at the house and, and just being so negative on myself, like making myself like live or die by if I caught or missed at the rodeo, it's not really no way to live. Um, it's, 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 it's real hard for even somebody to live that way. And it, it, I, I try to, like I said, be, be a person to, to talk to about that kind of stuff. Now it's like, these rodeo guys, you see young, talented guys that go out there and they get beat up maybe one year or two years, like, don't give up because I know some, some very talented ropers that like Joseph Harrison that, that went, went a different route and, and, and kind of waited a little bit later in his rodeo career to be one of the best healers in the world. You know, like Joseph and I are the same age. I've, I've known Joseph a long time and I got, every time I go to Oklahoma, you have to deal with Joseph Harrison. And so to see that guy, how he's, he went about it. I, I tell younger guys, set your life up a little bit, get your, get your game set up. Even if you got to train horses and do your deal for a little while and then get it set up where you can go leave and go travel and make a little money. And Joseph has good sponsors now. He's got, he's got a way to go and mm-hmm. travel and, 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 be, and he's got a great, great attitude about healing in life too. So like, like I said, that I, I'm noticing a trend of that with, with healers that are world-class world, world, uh, world champion healers like the wesley thor that guy's got a really good head on his shoulders real he's a real mellow, mellow type of guy you know like mm-hmm. you talk to paulie he's a pretty happy type type happy-go-lucky type guys you know junior noget is a, 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 an intense kind of roper and he, he's an intense but he you get him you know go go fishing or something or get him away from the arena he's kind of a happy-go-lucky he's type as guy. goofy he's as they come yep <laughs> yes he is yes he is yeah so like there, there's there's something with that like you can you can get frustrated when you get in the arena. And one of my favorite guys I, I like talking about the mental side of rodeo is like Trevor Brazil because he he was one of he's the most dominant all around cowboy that has ever been. But with a rope, he's been been the most talented because when he would walk out of the arena, whatever he did in the the previous event, it was over because he had to focus on the next event. Mm-hmm. And and his mental side. I, I I talked to him later on in his career, and he, he kind of started reading more mental books. And I'm like, you? Man, I thought you had it all mentally figured out in this game. And, <laughs> and he's like, like it's, it's funny how the mind will wander, and, and, and you kind of want to get negative on yourself. You cannot the, – the, this, this rodeo has become a sport, and, and there needs to be sometimes – I don't know, a sports psychologist, or if you could talk to somebody like that, I, I was a beautiful thing. Cause I, I, I didn't get to spend as much time with Larry D guy mm-hmm. as, as, as I probably should have rodeo and stuff because I didn't know how cool of a lady she really is. Yeah. 
but she talks to a sports psychologist. Yeah. And a lady like that is like a, the Trevor Brazil of women. Like she, lady guys, talented as they get. Yeah. And and then to, to see those two people kind of figure out like there's there's a mental side of this. Like once you once you've done this game so much and learned so much about it, it's just what's in between your ears now. Mm-hmm. And like even the young guys are are very knowledgeable about it. I, I get along with Peyton Gray really well. And this Peyton Bray is very knowledgeable about the game at a very young age. And, and like his, his mental side, that's another kid that like he's he, he just, just a happy go lucky kid. He's happy to be out there rodeo. You know, if he misses, he's going to be frustrated. He's going to get to work on it. And then he's going to be ready to rope the next day. If he needs to go to the rodeo the next day, that's, that's kind of how you got to be now. You can't get like, like I said, I, there was time like I said, when I when I messed up at the at the mega match right there, I was so angry and so frustrated. I won, I won the mega match. Mm-hmm. Me and the gay won it. I I was twenty nine flat or whatever. Like I won it by a tenth of a second or whatever. You were twenty eight and eighty five. You won it by nine hundredths of a second. <laughs> Guess what? Winning is winning. I still won. <laughs> We're going to take a break from this episode to talk about the Fastback Venom Heel Rope. It is an all-nylon rope with core construction. It's bright green for high visibility. It's got a small diameter, it's snappy, and it's got great body. It comes in a soft, medium, soft, medium, and hard medium. And of course, it's 35 foot, and all ropes ordered through FastbackRopes.com are made to order. So if you need to call talk to them, see about when they're going to be ready because they want to make them just right for the weather conditions. They want to make them just right for where you are going to rope and the conditions in which you are going to be competing under. So check them out at fastbackropes.com. Okay, we've mentioned it many times, but today's episode is about the Mega Match, Mega Match 4 to be specific. But right now on roping.com, you can already watch Mega Match 1, Mega Match 2, Mega Match 1 is between Jake Barnes and Clay Cooper and Bobby Hurley and Alan Bach. It is a marathon of 30 steers, just like the Mega Match that we're talking about today. You can watch that any time. You can stream it on any device. You can put it on your smart TV. You can watch it going down the road, assuming you're not the one driving. We've got a lot of great stuff on Roping.com. Mega Match 2 is is between Matt Tyler and Corey Koontz and Steve Priscilla and Steve Northcott. You've got to see not just the roping. You've got to see the slow-mo, the explainers of that the guys do throughout their runs, as well as the really cool fashion that these guys are rocking during the Mega Match 2. Now, Mega Match 3 and 4 will be coming out later this month, so check them out, roping.com. Get your subscription, and if you have paid attention to the commercial this far along... I am going to drop a promo code for you to get 15% off your membership. It will be good for the entirety of your membership. So if you save this 15% right now, you will save 15% every month as we present all kinds of great content. We've got all the Mobetta calf ropings. We've got the wildfires coming up. We're very excited about watch, you guys all watching all of this amazing old footage it's going to be like watching uh professional sports with your dad if you've got kids that you want to watch roping.com with these kids are going to see your legends the people who were your heroes growing up so check it out roping.com and the promo code to save 15 percent is score 15 just put it in at checkout and you will save a lot of money thanks guys I, I cannot grasp the fact that I won 
that I had a bad day that I won and and I was so frustrated. It ate me alive for it still eats me alive that I was that I that I couldn't catch the last deer in the mega match. Like, <laughs> you did in fact say podcast and I was just like, like it still eats me up. Like you talked to me about like I had a chance to win Houston and I've had a chance to win the George Strait. Those those misses haunt me so bad. And like I'm a kid from South Tucson that you know, like, probably should have never made the finals. You know, like, I didn't have a whole lot of money. I probably shouldn't have, shouldn't have done the things that I did. I should have been more, more happy, you know what I mean? Like, I should be more grateful for the things that I did accomplish. But there was times where I was so angry, like, like you suck. You've, you never caught a steer a day in your life. You're the worst healer in the PRCA. It's like, like man, I don't, I don't know about the worst healer in the PRCA, man. You might have had a bad day, but come on, it ain't that bad, man. Yep. Like, you got to relax a little bit, like. So like that's that's kind of what me being a coach now and, and and doing clinics and stuff and man I try to try to tell people that whenever I see them get upset when they mess up you cannot lose your lose your brain and you can get frustrated you can you can that's okay that's how that's how the body learns that's how but you cannot get so mad at yourself that you'd start telling yourself you suck or you know you you, you start uh, you start talking so negative to yourself. That's not not a good thing. Yeah, try try to do it. Use use ch- channel that anger in a positive way, and get to the practice pen or get. You know, a lot. I've been finding out like here lately, like a lot of my mistakes back in the day was because of my my poor horsemanship. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't know like I didn't study it like I do now. Like there was certain things that my horse is probably like that that horse that fire at little, little young horse. I probably could have set him up totally different. I, I probably would have rode him a lot different now than, than I did then because I didn't use my legs as much. And so, like I said, like may, maybe I could have back in the day instead of getting so upset, maybe gone spend some time with, uh, with, with Dustin Adams mm-hmm. on the other side of the road at, at the millionaire ranch and learn how to ride them horses and, and learn how to maneuver them the right way instead of spending so much time at the, the, the team roping side of the millionaire ranch where all we did was rope all day. We just yeah. roped, 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 roped. And like now I, the more, like even, even to this day, like these last couple of years, especially I might not even pick up my rope off my saddle. I mm-hmm. might ride six or seven, eight horses that day and I'm loping circles and I'm pulling on them and I'm going to make them feel the right way. I want them to, to feel a certain way when I rope on them or else the horse is going to get very confused at what I'm asking to do when we're starting to speed it up and go fast. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I now understanding that there's a pretty good chance that I might not, have, I might've found another horse and not have took a horse that has had 90 days of healing on and put him in a situation like that. That was probably not a good idea. Yeah. He kind of, <laughs> he had a little bit of a meltdown out there. You know what I'm saying? Well, so, like there was, there were certain things that like back then that I, instead of getting upset, I should have kind of broken down a little bit more and analyzed it. And then, you know, this is what I need to do. No big deal. Yeah. I, I think, um, everybody can watch all the one hour and eight minutes of the glory anytime they want. If they want to see what you're talking about, they can certainly see it. And man, was there something about taking off your cowboy hat as you rode out of the arena in the frustration? Like, did taking your cowboy hat like off downgrade you as a cowboy? Was that your intent there? Do you think like I, I, it's a good thing it went. I don't know. I wanted to smash it like you don't like. 
to, to, to for the viewers or the listeners like i was very very like like i was upset like i was not happy right like my inner voice was like come on like i cannot believe you cannot catch a steer you've done this your whole life what are you come on like like so like the whole time driving driving to clovis new mexico i was like come on like you can't you can't catch us you can't catch one steer like all you had to do is just catch the last one like once you just catch one steer that's all you had to do just catch a leg anything catch like that's so well when i so text nowadays, you about this I said, you're not allowed to tell me no about doing this podcast. Like, sorry, I know you're going to hate talking about this, but you you don't have a choice because I've seen your evolution from that kid who literally couldn't get out of the arena fast enough at a dead run to who you are now. And I think that's why this is so important to talk to you about. Well, because I see it too. I see a little bit of frustration with the younger you know, like a, a young kid out there ropes so talented and he like doesn't have the day he wants. It just like almost loses his mind out there. Like it's it's not it's not the end of the world. It really not. You're not you're you're gonna have another chance at it. You're gonna you're gonna be okay. It, it's more of an embarrassment too, you know, like I cannot believe I, I did that. You know, like it's it's a lot of the stuff like like I said, may, maybe maybe some childhood trauma from from Mm -hmm. me putting so much pressure on myself when i was a kid roping and stuff like roping has never really been fun for me like it never it was always kind of a job like it was something it was a way to make money it was a way to you know like take the pressure off my parents because i know my parents worked so hard and and my parents were gone you know what i mean during the day they Mm -hmm. worked so hard and then whenever they finally could take it to the roping or something like i didn't want to let them down like they worked so hard for that hundred dollars. You know what I mean? The, the fees back then weren't as expensive. You know, you get in for 25 bucks, 30 bucks. You can, you can, uh, you enter, enter five times. You know what I mean? Those, those are the kind of robots we went to or drop pots, stuff like that. They were cheaper, but even a hundred dollars for my parents, you know, like I, I hated to ask my parents for money. Like I really yeah. did. And like, if I could go to the rope and win, shoot, I didn't have to ask my parents for money. And, and the next thing you know, I didn't, I didn't have to, you know, I could go for the next week or week or two. And if I won big, shoot, I could go for the next month. Yeah. And I swear I kept that mentality. Yeah. Rodeo. Like I was like, like if I could just get to the next one, which is not, not a good idea nowadays. I don't know if, if it's even possible to even do that nowadays. Like just have just enough money to get to the rodeo that week or whatever. And if you didn't win, you, you had to come home. Like you need to like the younger generation now, the people getting to the pro rodeos now, you have to have more of a plan now and to have a little money back in you or because you're going to have to take some three point shots and you're probably not going to win every single time you take those shots. Mm-hmm. And, and you're going to have to have, be able to go for a couple weeks or a month. You know, like I know it sounds crazy, but junior and, and Caleb will go through a little bit of a, a slump throughout the year. They, they, they might struggle maybe for a week or, or a couple rodeos, but then they're back on track. You know, like they, they know that they have enough money to back them that, that if they have a, a bad week, they can still go. And, and you know, they, they, they are on a mission right now to win more gold buckles. They're not, they're not satisfied with just two of them guys. Mm-hmm. They're, they're on a mission. So, so, so you ha- you're going to go against guys like that. You need to be in a good mind frame. You cannot tell yourself ever that you suck because those guys – those guys are the best team in the world right now. They don't think they suck. I, 
I, I'm not sure. I haven't looked at it as much, but I don't know who's winning the world right now. But I just, I, I just like that team, the way they go about roping and rodeo. Sure. They're, they're pretty they're, they're hard. They're one to... of my picks. They're one of my favorites. Pretty Along hard. Along with Derek McGay, Colton Todd, of course. Um, hello. Of all time. Like, those <laughs> yeah. guys are, I, I hope they could do some good because I'll tell you a little story, which is really cool. Uh, I, the reason I, I got to the level I did was because Coulter. Yes. When I, when I was in high school and, and, and I would go spend time with this guy and, and help him cowboy and every day we'd get to go rope. His parents would always let us go rope every day. And so we would go rope and he would never miss. We would match and I could give him the worst handle and he would catch everything I would turn for him. He was one of the best healers at, at that time. When he turned 18 and went to be a professional, he couldn't get the header that he that he always that he wanted. He always wanted an NFR world class caliber header. And and when he went home after we rodeoed and stuff, you know what I mean? Like it, it was cool to see him at the junior rodeos, the Wilcox Junior Rodeos. Him and Carly, his wife, put on a great great production over there for the kids. And then it was a couple years ago he started healing for Big A, kind of getting the itch again. And I told him, you have always waited for this opportunity. You've been dreaming of this opportunity ever since you were a little <laughs> bitty kid to get the chance to rope with a world-class header and have a nice heel horse and get to go heel at the best rodeos in the world. And the look on his face nowadays, I'm just happy for Coulter and, and, and Begay. They're, they're good friends of mine. And it's just it's just awesome. You, know, you never know about this rodeos. It, the only time I ever have written a story – about somebody who was never going to rodeo again was about Coulter Todd. And I thought for sure that I was safe in not being made a liar. And sure enough, that bug, it bites you. It'll just bite you and you'll get back out there. But Coulter, I had texted him after they won the Turquoise Circuit Finals. They won the average, I think, at the Turquoise Circuit Finals and sent him one of his pictures and said, hey, like, I want to do an instructional article about this picture. And he said, I'm sorry, ma'am, I'm not good enough of a I'm not good enough of a healer to talk instruction on. And it's like uh, now I'm like, OK, Coulter, <laughs> like if you're in, you're in the top 15 in the world now, can you can you instruct people on the healing game? Because I think you're OK at it. He, he's that guy's got so much natural ability when it comes to like just roping period him, him and Begay, they just they're they're naturally they're just cowboys they're such good ropers and like coulter i i try to so i i do these clinics now and i'll have a little kid you know that young kid that that's wanting to head a little bit or you know he's in the clinic healing and he wants to head a little bit or vice versa i let him go back and forth because the guys that i grew up around like i said coulter and Begay and and Rogers, all these guys, they they head and heal good. Like he, they're just good ropers nowadays. Driggers, I think, was the same way. I know Clay Smith was a healer too mm-hmm. for the longest time. And Swap later on in his his career, his teenage career, to be a header, and then it turned out to be one of these one of the best headers in the world. Driggers along the same way. Like I said, I think I think now you just need to have keep your options open as a roper, especially if you're young. And, and if you have somebody heading for you really good, then you can work on your healing as much as possible. But just be keep your options open. Just be a good roper. Yeah. You know, that horse that Coulter had at Frisco, he healed on him. But he, I don't know if he could have made the finals on him healing because he just wasn't. He was bigger, you know, a little longer mm-hmm. strided. But he was one of the most talented head horses there ever was. And so when he made the swap, 
it was like he it was easy for him i'm not saying easy because Coulter worked his butt off but it, it, he was one of the best head horses you know what i mean because mm-hmm. he healed on him so much it's like you never know like sherwood had a horse back in the day i can't remember his name nicholas nicholas, nicholas sorry. yes nicholas. How could i forget about nicholas same thing he healed on that horse forever yeah and all of a sudden he started heading on him he's turned out to be one of the best head horses in the country it's like you never know like you just just be a good roper and yeah I sure was i could i can name sure too in arizona he was like that when i was a kid he he could head heal equally like you can't say that he heads or heels better than what he does because he does both of them really well yeah and you so, said you were listing off people at you dustin Agusquiza, he healed and the first oh, horse he made the nfr on was his old heel horse that dude they called him i think so yes yes there yeah. you go there's like i like i watched dustin at the jackpots and he heals down like that that the, these guys nowadays the ropers are just very talented and very knowledgeable about the game they understand like the headers understand what it needs to look like back there for a healer to catch one fast mm-hmm. the healer knows how to set the header head steer up for the header you know like a header doesn't want the healer heel horse or sorry the steer to jump in front of the header as he's in this delivery like the headers like him in a straight line nowadays mm-hmm. so like as a healer you got to try to keep that steer as straight as possible if you don't want him moving especially when that header's delivering and so that's your job as a healer like there's the the the, the headers understand that the healers understand that and so I think that's the evolution of the game. Like that's why like they're so good nowadays. Yeah. Um, I I know, I know Jake Barnes can heal heal down good. And I know Speedwood. Like I feel like Speedwood is the one that started all up. <laughs> it, it's his fault, to be honest with you, because he made the finals heal and then he swapped and turned out to be one of the greatest headers that ever lived. So it's like, I, I feel like, that, yeah. About that time, you've seen a change, and then like the last, I, I want to say the last five to 10 years he saw another change because these guys are like real fearless when it comes to and especially rodeo time you're fixing to see it fourth of july they are going for they're going for first all them guys they're hitting the barrier they're sending it and because the, the separation nowadays is um i remember going to a rodeo of three years ago and i was four two and four flat won it and four four won split 10th 10th hole mm-hmm. you know like it is it is within a half a second nowadays like it is transformed so much and like i'm i'm so glad that that you and 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 uh, the cowboy channel that people get to see it it's not like i remember when i roped with the gay like like how's it going Are you guys gonna make the finals you know what i mean like i i sure hope so I, i'd like to that's the plan right you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. but, how do you know like the rodeo and it's so competitive how do you how can you guarantee like yeah i'm gonna make the finals there were some guys back in the day that roped so good and had such good horses almost like a guarantee mm-hmm. that they could make they were gonna make the finals you know like yeah. I, I, when, when travis was riding walt and he had michael jones and, and jackal back there it was a pretty much guarantee yes those guys are gonna make the finals and there's that's... enough guys nowadays that like rope really good and they'll have classy horses and they're 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 one of the best ropers in the world and they might not make the finals that year. And it's funny how they, they'll make it again next year. And like, you, you'll see it now. Like it's not as consistent as it used to be. Like it's tough. Very, very, very tough roping nowadays. It, it used to be like, I remember once when I first started at spin to win, 
you and Derek weren't in the top 15, like, in August or something. And I had said to Bob Welch, my old boss, do you think – do you think Derek and Caesar are gonna are gonna make it? And he's like, "Oh yeah, they rope way too good not to." And like, sure enough, by the time the end of September shook out, you guys were safe. But it was just like that was a thing back then. Like, oh, they rope too good not to make the finals. Now you can rope too good and still not make the finals. Like, there's you have the right horse, mm-hmm. you have the backers, the sponsors, everything you need, and that's still not a guarantee nowadays. Like I was. It's so competitive. I, I like it's people like the the rodeo guys are not getting enough enough credit for what they're doing out there. I don't think. Yeah. Like, it's turned into a full fledged sport. Like, yes. I go I go help these. I go you know doing these junior rodeos and like and then I'm I'm helping these clinics. These kids are going to be so good in the next five years. It's going to get like they're they're so good. I love it's it. It's unbelievable. Yes. Like, the, the horsepower. They're they're knowledgeable. I tell them, hey, get get on these magazines. They're like, they, they're, there's so much information now on how to ride a horse, how, what to do with your loop, how to place it. You know, you, you can be so knowledgeable by the time you're 18 years old and, and want to go rodeo now. Yeah, you like, can learn so much there, off there of was, TikTok, was, truly, on, on how to rope. had to pay their dues back in the yes. day, but like, it, like Cody Snow has been doing so good with his, his – and like – I want to say it's a guarantee for, for that guy, but no, there's no guarantee because that guy really, really ropes good and, and like, he's got the right horses and stuff, but like, it's, it's, it's tough. And I'm, I'm like I said, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what the next five years brings to these, these rodeo guys. I'm hoping to see the money go up a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I, I live in, in, in Arizona, the Mecca of team roping over here and, and, they sell horses at the Rancho Rio sale and mm-hmm. the Hershberger sales and stuff like that. Team roping horses for lots and lots of money. And these people are going to take them horses and they're going to take them to either rodeo on them or they're going to go take them to the World Series ropings all around there. And they got like, it's, it's, it's serious. Like <laughs> when it starts in November and it doesn't end till about, little, you know, first of May over here, but it's, 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 it's pretty wild where, where the roping's going to. It is. There's a lot of different ways to make money in team roping right now. But there's a lot of ways to lose money still in team roping, though. Like, don't, <laughs> you can definitely still do it very wrong. <laughs> but you, ha- you have to be try to be as knowledgeable, and I tell the, the young guys and young gals to try to be as knowledgeable as you can and try to be a student of the game. Yeah, like, absolutely. Study it. Like, if you're wanting to be a, you know, a world-class breakaway roper, if you're a woman, like – you want to, you, you want to be a world class roper as a man. Like you got to kind of study the greats, and and you, the cool thing about these podcasts and stuff, like you can learn some stuff from them that you probably wouldn't wouldn't learn in the magazines or the yeah. know, certain things like that. Like people open up on the podcast. I know I do the, doing them the last. Oh yeah, I, I've been kind of thankful for the Tolis and Matt podcast because <laughs> I've been able to kind of almost like therapy a little bit like i could talk a little bit more because i was real like rodeo with Begay and coulter you know i mean we just didn't talk a whole lot right. about roping like <laughs> uh we just we just went and did it and even tom richards he's he's a pretty mellow type quiet type guy about his roping and he's just he's, he's just going to show you what he's going to do right and so that and, and so now just explaining more and doing the clinics and stuff i've been opening up about stuff and what not to do like i didn't I was a little bit hesitant on, on talking about what not to do and, and, and rodeo and roping and stuff. And mentally, 
Um, I, I made a lot of mistakes in my rodeo career with, with just not, not letting it, letting it go, you know, just, just yep. keeping, keeping, keeping all the bad stuff in too much. And that is why I wanted you to be on my special guest today to talk about that because I I didn't know that happened. I hadn't seen the mega match, so I didn't know that. But I, if you had, if I were to guess how you reacted in a scenario like that, that is that would have been my guess of 2010 Caesar's reaction. So thank you for being so willing. Well. I th- I, don't, I twisted your arm, but thank you for being a little bit willing and then very very open once we got started <laughs> about it. On, on, on a light note, now that if, if people listen to this podcast and then and then watch the 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 the, the mega match, it's going to be funny to the people. Yes, now. yes. When I missed, and you know the whole story about like I was just like so frustrated, like uh, new horses, and like I just didn't set myself up for success at all. And then losing my cool, and then Begay laughing like little, little like I've... he he laughed for like weeks after that. He was he thought that that was the funniest thing. Like he he, I don't think Begay ever got that mad at himself ever ever for make, making a mistake. No, nope. like no, he was always like shucks, you know, like dang it, I'll I'll do better <laughs> next time. I'll, I'll you know like he was. So so to see him see me get so frustrated like that, it was just funny to him. Yeah, if anybody's been listening like closely to this podcast and my editor Craig, who's wonderful, doesn't take it out, you can hear me clicking and I'm clicking the back ten seconds button over and over again to just like replay this and up oh, you tried to float it, up oh, doesn't work, up oh, Derek's yep, no, Derek's that's- that is not going to work on that steer nope. that at all. No, nope. it would have worked maybe on a nice little slow playpen steer, but not on a dead fresh one. No, nope. steers were fresh. They were tough. Derek's day. still laughing. He's he's coiling up his rope again. You getting him? Yep, setting you up, setting him up for you again. Up, oh, you throw your head back as you rope a right leg, and out of the arena you go. So I want to say during the during the interview with him and Reed, I think there was a little bit of a smirk and, and Derek's smile. Right oh yeah, there. like. It was like, it was it's like, we won, dude. Like, it's like, we won. But like, it's like, but dude, like, you just see what I had to do to, like, the mistakes I made to win? Like, it was just awful. And like, like, growing up and stuff and practicing, like, it's, don't, you can't miss. Don't miss. No. Don't miss. Like, and then when I missed the first time, come on, man. And then like, when I pulled, pulled that loop up the second time, like, it was like my horse, Hannibal bless his heart like he was just he thought he was in trouble yeah and he made it really hard the second loop and, and, and he was to the point too i found out on that horse less is better that's why it worked worked better at the, the rodeos it was just one steer you know you mm-hmm. always felt good but you start putting more cattle in there about five or six he starts to get running a little faster stopping a little harder and and if for those people watching the videos that horse was ferocious to the saddle horn i think i went through Back then, I was, uh, can't remember what ropes I was using back then, but I went through about five or six heel ropes out of the 30 steers. And I like think you was, can see, like, were brand new ropes, too. And I went through every <laughs> single one of them. The coils were just like that horse was so violent to the horn. Uh-huh. He was not, like I said, I didn't set myself up for success. I probably should not have took either one of those horses that mega match. I should have done like Clay Cooper did and got on one of them on a head horse, head horses, on a head horse, <laughs> come around there and let you catch 30 in a row. 
Um, and, and I'm just watching the interview with where Reed says, like, the winners. And it's not the winners. It's just Derek because you were already long gone by this point. But, like, you what can – What about s- the smile on his face? Oh, he's smiling. And baby JP <laughs> – baby JP is standing directly behind Derek on – swagger on a very young version of swagger and he like keeps turning around and smiling like kind of geeked out that he's on camera so uh anybody that's anybody that hasn't watched mega match 4 you can definitely see that it's just some gems true gems (laughs) yeah that that victor begay and Derek begay have really implanted Derek's style on on james because it looks just like Derek out there rope and i can't hardly tell the difference Mm -hmm. when they're open oh yeah pretty neat and and ju- just so you know, um, when I mentioned to Sherwood this morning, or maybe it was last week, I don't know. At some point recently, I was telling Sherwood that we were going to be airing these, and he was like, "Oh God, I did so terrible." He was like, "Oh, that's that's nice. That's that's what we've talked about." Like, yes. Here, give the give the championship to Pesca. He healed the best. Derek, you had the best, <laughs> and you guys are the winners. I was so mad. That's kind of what I told Pesca when I wrote out there. I said, "Dude." You win. And, like, he says, what do you mean? I said, you out healed my ass today. You win. Yep. <laughs> Sorry for the foul language. It's okay. Did, you I, can I, say no, that one. the exact words. Those <laughs> are the exact words. I told Pesca. Oh, that's so funny. Well, thank you so much, Caesar. I appreciate it. I appreciate your willingness to, to let me make you talk about a lesser time or a dark time. <laughs> Being a coach now, I, I can feel like I could talk about that kind of stuff. Yes. I think. The, the younger younger generation really needs to hear that sometimes yes. because it, it, it does get frustrating and you can't win all the time when you rope out there. It's it's not it's not set up for you to win every single time, but you can be a high percentage winner if you if you mentally uh, and and do the right things and practice the right way nowadays. Absolutely. Well, thank you, sir. You have a wonderful night with the kiddos. I will talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you, Chelsea. Appreciate it. Thanks, Caesar. Bye. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of The Score. Again, it is brought to you by Fastback Ropes and the Fastback Ropes core construction rope, the Venom. You can find it in a head rope and a heel rope, fastbackropes.com.